Good afternoon. In preparing my thoughts for this evening, I noticed the word repent appears in both the first reading and the gospel. And that actually in the gospel, the risen Christ is found saying that the repentance of sins would be preached in his name. So I guess I took that as a cue that perhaps I should talk about repenting. But I, I know you're sitting there and you're saying, wait a second, we just did all that repenting thing through Lent. It's now Easter. Aren't we done repenting? Well, actually, no. And let me tell you why and how it really does fit into our joyous Easter celebration. You see, indeed, we did hear all through Lent the call for us to repent, which is the English word given in translation for the original Greek word metanoia. A problem is, is that we operate under a faulty understanding of repentance as we beat our chest reciting through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, for it's so much more than just that. Leading linguistics experts have written much on this one word and have come to the following conclusion, quote, that translating metanoia to mean repent is linguistic and theological tragedy and is the worst translation in the New Testament, unquote. The true literal translation of metanoia means to change your position, to change your mental attitude. It's a physical turnaround, a life-changing moment, a mighty change in mind and heart and life wrought by the Spirit. It truly is a seeing with a new set of eyes. So we've moved from Lent into Easter, singing our hallelujahs with the church bells pealing and rejoicing that Jesus Christ is risen indeed. But now what do we do? How does this Easter season really change us? And how do we live differently than we did before? And why in the middle of Easter is scripture still telling us to repent, to be people of metanoia? Well, perhaps the disciples were weighing similar questions when they were locked in that upper room for over a week, which may be why the four gospel writers give us a total of 14 resurrection stories, stories that provide us insight into what the disciples were doing, or in some cases, what they weren't doing after Jesus rose from the dead. For it's clear that the apostles, they didn't have their act all together. Remember, they deserted him at the cross. They were demoralized. They lacked conviction. They lacked faith in all that Jesus told them. And they couldn't fathom what it meant to be risen from the dead. That, un that was unless until the time that they saw him and they could touch him. Before all that, all they did was huddle together behind locked doors with no aim or purpose. And how many of us here feel or have felt that time or sometime that in our lives? But from these resurrection stories, we hear proclaimed during these weeks of Easter, we know that the disciples were transformed. They changed within. They acted in a new way. They experienced metanoia. They left that upper room and they opened the doors filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went forth proclaiming the good news of Jesus the Christ. So how can we follow the paths taken by these first disciples? How do we use this Easter season 
to gain focus and direction within our lives and our faith? And how can these Easter Gospels give us insight for our own transformation, our own metanoia? And I think the answer lies rooted in forgiveness, nourishment, and healing. Remember last week we heard from John's Gospel the story of Jesus appearing twice to his disciples in the locked upper room, for they lacked the faith to believe in the risen Lord until they could see and touch Christ. But there was no rebuke on the part of Christ. Rather, he gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit and sent them forth to go out and simply forgive others as he had forgave them so many times. This week we hear Luke's version of Jesus first appearing to all his disciples where they were terrified and troubled and Jesus greets them offering peace. He then gathers them around a table and has a meal with them and he breaks open the scriptures. And in performing this table or hospitality ministry, Jesus is asking his disciples and asking us to extend nourishment and peace to those around us, those we meet, those we live with, and even those we don't like. And how often are we like the disciples, locked behind our own personal doors, fearful, broken, and unsure what to do with our wounds? You see, the gospel tells us that Jesus, who's risen from the dead with his wounds visible to all, stands at our doors, ready to connect with our wounds. And the message that we are given today and throughout this Easter season is Christ understands where we're coming from. And that if we open the door and let him in, he will comfort us and give us peace and foster our own metanoia. For what we celebrate this Easter season is, yes, Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. But also we celebrate that all of us, young and old, are all the body of Christ. We are all temples of the Holy Spirit. We are all the place where the divine dwells. For we all have the same gifts that were bestowed upon those first disciples. We simply need to have our eyes open in order to recognize that the divine truly dwells within our imperfect selves. The holy is not out there, it's not over there, but rather it's right here, in you and me without exception. We are reminded in the Easter season that we all have this calling. For when we were baptized, we were called disciples of Christ. We were anointed with that sacred chrism and reminded that we were anointed just like Christ was as priest, prophet, and king, so that we may always live as a member of his body, sharing everlasting life. And thus, to answer the questions we first posed a few minutes ago, so how does Easter season continue to call us for true repentance? The answer lies rooted in the fact that we all make up the body of Christ. And through our baptism, we are each called to be disciples, just as the first disciples were called out of that upper room 2,000 years ago. And that is why during the Easter season, we begin each liturgy with the sprinkling rite so that we're reminded of our baptisms, reminded that we belong to Christ. And in this belonging, and in this relationship to Christ, we are all called to this table, to remember him through this welcoming, this gathering, this breaking, the blessing, the eating, and the sharing, that we do it in memory of him.
why we come together here every week, why we come together and share in the Eucharistic meal that nourishes us as disciples so that we can leave and go forth and be people living through metanoia and ministering to others through forgiveness, nourishment, and healing. So the next time you walk through the door and bless yourselves with the holy water, or you receive the Easter waters and the sprinkling right during Mass, may we all remember our call and our commission and our commitment that we have to ourselves and to each other in the name of Jesus the Christ, the risen Lord. Amen. Hallelujah.